What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the A Show, the Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm J5, and I have a special guest today. Usually it's Meals. Meals is, is on a, a short vacation. Meals takes way more vacations than I do. Let me just tell you right now. So I just want y'all to remember that when it, when it comes down to Christmas, who gives you the most? The hostess with the fucking mostest. But I have a special guest here. And it's actually like, and I'm going to tell you guys why this is so kind of like ironic and kind of cool and kind of like full circle moment. But the special guest is someone who's been doing double duty. He was on Black Paint Radio a couple weeks ago. And now he's here on the A-Show. A-plus, man. What's going on? J5, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, allowing me to pull up to the A-Show, man. I mean, I talked to Mills. I know he has uh, this this week blocked out because, you know, he's overseas with LMA. So I get that. I understand. But um, I just allow him. I thank him for allowing me to step in and, you know, just fill the spot for the week, man. Thanks again. Listen, the 12 ain't stopping shit. <laughs> 12 ain't stopping shit. Meals ain't stopping shit. I run this shit. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, this is, a, this is a full circle moment here because what's funny is that you were the original co-host of, well, obviously it wasn't called The A Show at the time, but you were the, my original co-host of a wrestling show that we did way back in the punk era. Man, of 2013, 2014, we would record immediately following Raw. Yes. So, yes, I definitely remember those days, man. Classic days. Yeah, I, already. I mean, it, it was, we would, we would like literally 1101, we were recording up until 1230 midnight. And it was just such a wild time. Like the hustle was just so crazy back then. Like, man. it didn't stop. <laughs> we were working, what, two, two, three jobs minimum. <laughs> yeah. I, absolutely. I was, I would do it on my complex shift. I'd be watching Raw on my complex shifts. And I'd be like, okay, plus I'm about to get off my shift. And I go there. Sometimes they would be like, oh, you forgot to post this fucking Troy Ave song that came out at 1120 or some shit like that. Like it would be just random shit that would happen during that point. But we always made sure. I think we got about 30 something episodes in the bag. Yeah. I think at one point. And, 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 and while you were at the Plex, I was on the air from seven to midnight. So yeah. <laughs> It was like, like you said, we're pulling double duty. Yeah, like the 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 hustle was just man, like 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 different, like so different back then. But obviously, like it, it came to a point where you your your duties had gotten just way heavier um, when it came to it. And and I had spun that podcast off into something else. And um, you know, we we had kind of went our separate way. Not in we, you know, we didn't stop being friends. Right, right, right. <laughs> We just didn't do the show anymore. Right. It was a, it was a, it was a quiet. All right, we're just gonna. I'm gonna go here, and you're gonna go there, and it would be at least what two years until I talked about another wrestling, um, put another wrestling show out there, and then you know me and Mills did our thing, and now we're 250 plus episodes in. Fire, and and this is your first time being on the show. Yes, man, I've been on various other shows in the RNC network, but um, man, to be on the A show, the A show. It speaks for itself. It's an honor. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, it, you know, you're you're basically you you created the foundation of of of, of kind of a lot of the stuff on on RNC. People don't know it, man. You're like one of the longest tenured members before there was an RNC. <laughs> I, I don't want to say because I, I would have to share the title, but we like the architects, so to speak. And so we'll talk <laughs> about the architect a little bit later. But <laughs> oh man, so yeah, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Um, it's my first week in my new place. I'm recording in my new place here. Um, feels good, man. I have a nice little setup. 
I know people are gonna they're gonna hit this this on me a little a couple times. They're gonna do this. <laughs> yes, yes. Let me just go ahead and just get that out the way here. It's a nice place. Um have a like a little setup where it's like it's just easier for me to to record. I, you know, you have many setups, I'm sure, but like my I'm I'm finally where I don't have to like break something down and put it back together. Like I just have it right in front of me now. Now, now, now how close are you to Reseda? Ah <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> I'm about ten minutes away from Reseda. It's wow. a weird the val the valley's weird, man. The valley's really weird. I, I think that like when, once you go outside, like me and my wife went to like Ralph's the other day, and I was like. For one, this Ralph's looks weird. Okay. Like, it doesn't look like just the Ralph's in, like, Long Beach or even L.A., like, the way that they look kind of, like, made up. They almost look like, 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 Roman architect, like, buildings. Like, they have, like, columns and shit like that. This looks, this, this Ralph's look like it was in a strip mall. (laughs) Oh, no, you're not saying it's the regular Degelin Ralph's, man. I thought you were saying, like, it's the Ralph's, like, like you said, of of high stature. But the thing is, it had all the same content. But let me tell you this: they had okra, they had oxtails. I said, "Oh, it it definitely do matter where you're at out here." <laughs> right. <laughs> They've got the special stock at this Ralph's, apparently. Yeah, I'm like, damn, I I, I fuck with this Ralph's way more. They had um, they had they had a uh, pan dulce, like they had like all of the 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 Mexican breads there. My wife was like, "Well, I'm, I'm coming here in the morning because we would we used to have to go to like, or she used to have to go to like you know specific bakeries to get that in the morning. Now she could just go to Ralph's." You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you make a valid point because there are a lot, like a, not a lot of nice Ralphs, and, and for those who don't know, Ralphs and Kroger, same company. So Kroger, there's a lot of really nice looking Kroger locations on this side of the map. But when you go in there, they have nothing you want. But there's like that high volume old school Kroger that's always well stocked, and you're on the outside. Oh man, it's, it's the shits. But no, you go inside, it's like oh god, they have everything. I don't have to go to that pretty looking Kroger anymore. That Ralphs. Yeah, it's it's, it's just funny because it's like. And it's another one of those instances where, like, now I'm in like a, this, I'm I'm in my first home. Plus, like, this is my first home in California. You know what I'm saying? And I've been here eight years, and you you know more than anyone. I packed my shit. I I dipped out. You know what I mean? I I, I came here from Virginia. I've been hustling and grinding. It's it's like I I feel good, but I'm also like, damn, I'm really a fucking adult. I have like real, I have real like bills, like. Like actual pills. When you hit this point in the 30s and we're at the same point, it's just like adulting kind of smacks you in the face every now and again. You know? Yeah. It's so yeah, like, like moving in alone. Like I just want to tell everyone, moving in alone is expensive. Like we had to go to the grocery store. Let me tell you about my Amazon Fresh experience, okay? Okay. Worst grocery store on earth, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were making things easier. What's What's going on? Let me tell you, they have something called the Dash Cart at Amazon Fresh, okay? And I thought we were going to go there because it's kind of like, it's kind of like, oh, man, here we go. Let me do this again. Whole Foods. Uh, <laughs> we thought it was like, <laughs> we thought it was like Whole Foods, right? So we could just go get our, you know, Whole Foods is good for like, you know, uh, produce, vegetables, stuff like that. That's what but I don't get like my junk food and shit from that. Sure. And, and, they're, and they're corporate cousins too, right? They are. So basically they have Whole Foods branded items. That's like your, you know, oh, great value. Oh, there you go. And I'm on do not disturb, which is, which is odd. Right. You know why? You know, you know why that happened? Why? Because oh of that. <laughs> uh, so they have Whole Foods branded product, right? But they have actual regular nigga food. 
So like they have they have your cereals that you need, all of the stuff that you that you need to get your sugars, basically. <laughs> you need it for your shit. So they have something called a dash cart where when you put things in the cart, it actually rings them up for you. There's a sensor that can see all around you and it can pick up the the barcode on the grocery. These carts are like so small that you could probably only put about $100 worth of product in there. And me and my wife needed to stock up our whole our whole house because we had no groceries moving in. Oh my gosh. So, I don't even I don't even want to say how much it was to just stock up our whole house, but we had, we ended up walking around Amazon Fresh with two dash carts cuz cuz we were dumb as hell, we didn't realize. We thought those were the only carts they offered. We started seeing niggas with regular carts and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> Who's working us here? Matter of fact, who works here? <laughs> they did this old elaborate old dash card shit to eliminate jobs. Who the fuck works here? Exactly. <laughs> and it's when, when you this the crazy part is is you roll you roll the cart through like a special specific aisle where and when you roll through that aisle, um, the 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 basically the cart checks out for you because you you log in through your Amazon account. This is some crazy. Big brother type shit. You roll through it, it checks out for you. You roll through that little thing and it just says, boop, you're done. Oh my gosh. Why are we doing this? Like, can we go back to just having like people, you know, that, that will elect to take your bags to the fucking car? What happened to that guy? Oh, little girl. You know, what happened to that person? They still do that. They just don't handle your money no more. Uh, That's the crazy part. They will bag it for you. But the dash cart that we had was so small, we had put at least over $150 and just food and stuff that we needed in that cart. And inflation's a motherfucker, okay? Bro, Amazon don't make it better, all right? <laughs> they did not make my life better on Saturday. I literally, I was just like, yo, I don't, I'm not eating out no more. I'm eating every single grocery in this bitch. I'm going to eat the sauces and the spices too. Well, this, like, this, it's bullshit because Amazon, like you would think because their bread and butter is, I don't know, everything at this point, that something would be a loss leader for them and they'd be, you know, selling groceries at like a, at a cut price. You know, it's not like why Walmart handles their business. But no, apparently no. <laughs> yeah, I just, but you know, I can't, I can't go too deep into the Amazon thing. <laughs> <laughs> understood, understood, understood. Right, right. I just didn't have Duly the best. Time. I just didn't have the best time at Amazon Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Still a faithful, faithful attender of uh, Whole Foods. But uh, <laughs> sure, we we love it. Okay, watch Prime Video all the damn time. But again, like it, it, it's it's living in LA. I finally feel like I live here now, and and that was one of my biggest things. Plus, was that I did not want to take pictures by the palm trees. Oh shit! shit. I didn't want I didn't want to take a picture at Runyon Canyon. I didn't want to <laughs> take a picture here because you know I didn't feel as though I had earned it. I didn't feel like I I had gotten to the point where I earned it. I kind of feel like I could take a picture of the palm trees now. I kind of feel like I can do it. My brother, you're almost a decade in. Okay. You're not that person that comes on the the random holiday weekend, like you said, takes a pick up at the top of the uh, top of the mountain or whatnot. No. No. This is your town as much as it is everybody else's. You pay taxes, goddammit. it. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I just want to be respectful. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna sure. be respectful to the town. This 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 place, as we already see in the news, just terrible news, just all around. This town will eat you up, you know what I mean? And and you know, I, I think it, it just puts in perspective just how fleeting this shit is. So as much as I want to be upset at the the uh, basically corner store Ralphs and the inflation, right, and the dash the dash cart, I have the the ability to do these things. You know what I mean? And and, and I'm blessed here. 
and and we're blessed to have you guys listening on, on Patreon and, and shout out to our, our Patreon members and, and our regular members. We're going to actually go over Patreon right now because I want to talk to you, A-plus, about this week in wrestling history. Oh, man. You're right. my favorite. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> right, I, I love Patreon. nothing more than to bring up an old-ass card, so let's do it. <laughs> we're going to Patreon. We'll be, we'll be right back. All right, y'all. If you subscribe to Patreon, you got some real good uh, 1999 Attitude Era talk. <laughs> oh my gosh, in the heart of Attitude Era 99, where the wrestling was the drizzling shits, but the angles were too good to miss. Yeah, the, we love our we love our cop angles. Gotta love people getting arrested. I mean, they still do it today, but uh, their, their arrest hits a little different in these in these era in this era. Sure. Um, but no holds barred. We're here. We're we are we're still kind of reeling. From last week, and thank you to everyone who watched the uh, or not watched, but listened to the show last week. Uh, one of our biggest shows of all time. Great everyone, episode, great episode. Everyone wanted to hear what we had to say about CM Punk and and the, and the Young Bucks and that whole issue. This week, we're still coming, we're still coming down from it. Like AEW is still the talk of the town, but not for the reasons that they you know would like to be at this point. You know, um, a lot of the news in 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 here is like, what's gonna happen? Right. Like what what's next <laughs> for this whole drama? And honestly, nobody knows. But there's been some rumors uh, hot off the heels of, of, of the of the brawl <laughs> that happened <laughs> a week ago. Um, a lot of people are saying that there, you know, there was a rumor going out that the Young Bucks had sent out feelers th- to the WWE. Um, and Fightful says that, you know, that that like. Th- that there was no truth to this. rumor. <laughs> That's interesting. Now, who put that out there for who first reported about the feelers? It was a it was a poster on the Wrestling Observer uh, uh, newsletter message boards. Good lord! And, yeah, Uncle so Dave, I, what happened to you? I, yeah, I'm talking to you, Uncle Dave. You know, I mean, the most trusted source in professional wrestling reporting over the past what three decades, four decades. What what is what is wrong with you? In this whole spiel, the past three years, yeah, I've been catching up on the product and doing some of the you know the, the knowledge in the background here. Like all these awards in the past three years, J Five, they've gone to all elite. If we're talking about North American promotions, AEW's in like a clean fucking sweep on everything that's up for grabs at the Wrestling Observer News uh, Newsletter Awards ceremony every year. It's ridiculous, man. Get up, yo, lay off of it, okay? Okay, just, just please <laughs> pull your pants up, fam. Your bias is showing. <laughs> if I had, if I had one thing that. to get off on the A show, it was that, and I and I'm done. <laughs> hey man, it needs to get off. It, it needs to happen. <laughs> like, like, come mm-hmm. on, man! Like everything they do is five and a half stars. Are you kidding me? Well, the, the stars don't matter anymore, and I think <laughs> I'm 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 desensitized to the stars. You're right. I, I, I don't. I don't see the stars. I don't see the what, what Dame Dash say <laughs> on I am Dame Dash. I see the stars. I see the factory with cars or some shit like that. Like, yo, I sat there in Cleveland and watched that match with Will Ospreay that he gave five stars. It felt like I don't know. I was ten and I was back at the circus. And I've never actually talked. I've never actually talked to you about this, like you know, man to man here. Like, what what has been your thoughts of AEW to this point? You know, I, once again, just catching up, I've watched some of the matches, and you've said this before in the Discord as well. Um, it's not the work rate I'm mad at. It's how we fucking get here. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. 
there's a lot of, you know, in-ring, you know, stuff that's decent to good. Maybe some hinging on very good at points that I've watched in the past year or so. But the way you get there is, is very crucial. It's critical to the entire program or else what are we doing here? Why are we, why are we holding this up? Why are we, why are we buying into it if there's yeah, no story? I think, I think the AEW thing is just so interesting as a story of startups, I think. I think mm-hmm. it's the first kind of Gen Z startup wrestling organization where a lot of the kids who love this, they were 13, they were 14 when CM Punk did the pipe bomb. That was when that coincides with New Japan becoming popular. That coincides with a lot of the nostalgia, like Stranger Things, big nostalgia, right? Big time. The nostalgia, the, the nostalgia becomes the click. It becomes too sweet me. It becomes suck it. That was the Young Bucks coinciding with people that have, you know, the the general kind of disenfranchisement of WWE. I feel like they're coming, I won't say they're coming out of the disenfranchisement wave. I still think that like they do, like, I feel like it's hard for WWE to make actual kind of big swings without people complaining about it and them having to, to, to undo it a week later. Sure. Um, Can we mention for, for one second that I thoroughly enjoyed watching the DX Hall of Fame ceremony in 19 when the crowd starts doing the too sweet and Triple H just gets pissed like, yo, we never did that cornball shit, so I don't know why you're saying it. <laughs> exactly. No, it, it, exactly. Like, it, 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 you know, I can see that frustration, but yes. it's like... There was so much disenfranchisement. I don't know if they'll come out of it. It looks like they're they're pretty well doing that right now, just with the the wave of good the, of good faith mm-hmm. um, they have since eight, since Triple H has gotten to the company or not gotten to the company, we got into creative. Yep. But like AEW was a perfect storm of so many things that that wanted you know people wanted to rectify to a point where it almost is like it was it was just a crazy wave of, 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 of all types of things that, that happened that were in their favor. I mean, Cody was someone that was, I didn't even know it was so fucking beloved at the time. He was just a, he was Mr. Three stars to me. Exactly. Right. Right. He had the whole mask in it going on back in the day. I love this work, but I didn't, I like this work. Let me be more honest. I like this work. I wasn't in love with the work. You know what I mean? Like you said, I thought he was, you know, good for three and four quarter, three and you know, one quarter match on TV any given week. I didn't I didn't see it until I did start, you know, watching some of the stuff he did prior to joining AEW. And I get it. I totally get it. I mean, the, the match he had at Hell was at Hell in a Cell. Yeah. It was amazing. That, that was, it was one of my favorite matches. It, it could potentially be match of the year with the story that he created. But it was like, but then you have people that had chips on their shoulders from feeling as though they were the biggest in Japan. Kenny Omega's, your, your, you know, your Pox, everyone there. Perfect storm. But that's how all startups start as well. It starts as the perfect storm of talent. You know what I mean? The perfect storm of people that are that they have these egos and these chips on their shoulders and they want to do something different. They want to break the mold, but they don't have, you know, they don't they don't have the leadership to do that. And I think what's 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 fascinating about how this AEW thing is, is breaking down is that I've seen it happen so many times. I worked at All Def Digital and I saw how that broke down. And granted, that had that that broke down because of different types of allegations, but it but it broke down while I was there because of the leadership that, that, that didn't bounce back because of those things. And they, they kind of like made themselves out to be something like that they weren't, you know what I mean? And when I was there, it just wasn't, it just wasn't what it was purported or advertised to be. So like when, when you look at where AEW is now, you have a locker room full of people that now we know don't trust each other. Yes. And, and the leader, the head of the company is kind of from my vantage point is more of a do as I say, not as I do type of guy, because he's a guy who said, you know, all this being, you know, all this disrespect, he's not going to fucking stand for it. Well, goddamn, you really did sit for it when PM- CM Punk went in for about 20, 30 minutes there. So which one is 
And he looked to be he looked to be like you know a willing participant in letting him do that. I remember li- I listened to Wade Keller a week ago say that what does it look like that Tony just allowed him to do that? You know yeah. what 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 does that mean? What as as the young bucks? How could you be in that locker room ever again? And now where we stand with this news is that the young bucks are suspended. Kenny is suspended. A Steel is suspended. A bunch. Michael Naka Naka Nakazawa is, is is. I didn't want to say the corner thing. He's suspended. <laughs> <laughs> it was like hey, I heard it, but you're right. Nakazawa, yes, that's his name. Brandon Cutler suspended. Um, but Punk, he we know he had surgery, but he's mysteriously up in the air. Nothing has been announced. Nothing really has been announced officially from them at all. Last week on AEW, they weren't even mentioned. They got taken out of the video packages. This is this is a crazy amount of in the darkness, right? Whereas whereas they purport themselves to be very open. Why am I hearing about backstage stuff from people's cousins? And why am I hearing backstage stuff about from from Fightful and shit like that? Like why can't they say it? You know what I mean? Because there's a lack of accountability at all turns on all fronts. I mean, we're seeing it left and right. Like you said, sold out 2000 is a very apt comparison to all out, the pay-per-view. Because mm-hmm. the, the next night, there weren't many video recaps, if any, on Nitro after Sold Out 2000. And I don't remember seeing a highlight reel from fucking All Out unless I'm drawing a blank. I feel like they hit us with uh, one of those men in black uh, things and just try to refresh our memory and do a clean slate. Well, now, the, the thing about it is... is that, come out live and do a promo. I thank God he didn't do that. I'm so glad he didn't do that. But go ahead. I'm sorry, Fox. Oh, no. Oh, no. You're good. Because he, he, looks, he, looks, uh, he looks like he is, you know, he's... he's, he's he was allowing it, sure. You know what I mean. He he was allowing it, and and I think that for that for them, the people were like, "This was the reboot episode. It's all about wrestling now." I'm like, "But I thought that's what it was always about." Yes, and you know what it was revealing itself to be a fucking WWE hate operation. You know when the yeah. when the E was stuck in the mud and just you know kind of going through the motions. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was one of those situations where Vince finds himself in throughout periods of history where the shit at the top is really fucking good, but everything in the middle is a big question mark. And, yeah. you know, AEW seized on that. They said, yo, there's a lot of fans that are just not, you know, interested with the product in full. There's a lot of workers who are not interested in the product in full. Let's go after them. Let's, let's appease them. Let's talk to them. And as long as the E was in a state of flux creatively, they were winning. They were fine. Hey, man, we're doing the right thing on this side. Come over here. And then they got Punk. And, and like, I think we've all agreed, the moment of Punk returning was a valid moment. That was an actual moment for that company. One of, that one of be the best moments yeah, like one of the best moments they'll ever have. One of the best wrestling moments, period, because it was yep. genuine. It was genuine. And even I watched it later, but like I didn't watch it live. I would never do that. But um, <laughs> but but again, it's like you have all of these egos. And, and I know we're on no holds barred, but it goes into this because this is this is the news. This is the way that it is right now. But it's like, you know, it, it, a lot is up in the air. And for something that was purported to be a very transparent organization, they're not looking like that right now. I, I, I think yeah. that they're they're looking very much like we're trying to keep this in house, and you know all the stuff we said. And don't worry about that because the thing is, is that I feel like with AEW, a lot of the journalists do the work for them. Absolutely, they're holding water left and right. They they do the work for them. If people know stuff that we know that we've even said on the show, if people know what we know, and and, and if I know it, I like to say if, if I know it, they know it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like if I, I, I don't, I'm not tap, super tapped in. There's people in our discord that know a lot of stuff. Right. They're not, they're not super tapped in and it ends up happening. We're, we're like 20 for 20 scoops wise. 
And you know what I'm saying? Bad in a thousand. And the, the problem, once again, it goes back to when they get back in that fucking locker room and they go back through the curtain, they're not seeing somebody. You know, back in the day, of course, it was Vince. And now it's a mix of either Steph, H, whoever. That has that line, that have that, that line of accountability. As soon as you come back through that fucking curtain in the gorilla, there is accountability staring your ass in the fucking face. When you walk through that curtain in AEW, I'm sure TK's like, hey, Grant, great job, man. Great job, man. Excellent, dude. I, I loved it. Like, I love you. Give me a hug. Right. Like, come on, man. You're making that all friends wrestling shit ring true. And it's just corny. Yeah, and and I I've, I've I've just looked at so many of these reports. Half of this is on the on the docket today, like reports that morale has has never been better. Reports that Chris Jericho has stepped up as a leader. Brian Danielson has stepped up as a leader. Mox has stepped up as a leader. The, the everyone's they're looking forward to trying to get past this incident. How? <laughs> how? How? I don't believe it. Plus, how are you getting past this this incident? I don't know. And like you said, trying to wish it away with just good wrestling. Don't know if that's going to be the elixir either. I mean, you, you would love for it to be Brian Danielson, which would kind of like in a weird twist, turn of fate, but like kind of repeat history in a sense. Because when Punk was fed up with the E, then of course Daniel Bryan started to shine. So Danielson now, if he's going to finally get a chance, maybe I don't know, the final at Grand Slam and, and hold the belt, which I hope is for you know, a long period of time, given his health, that should be a, somewhat of a restart. But that still ain't the cure-all. It ain't at all. Yeah. Um, you had Bobby Fish who who was let go. A lot of well, a lot of people were were let go um, last week as well. Bobby Fish was, was was they they couldn't come to an actual um, to an actual agreement on his contract. He said in an interview that um, the, he said, and I quote: "The track record will prove that anytime anyone is separated in the locker room, and now there are definitely certain people in the, within the company that have their own locker room." Noting that the Punk and Elite had their own locker rooms backstage, it's kind of my feeling that once you separate yourself from the boys, you can can you really be considered one of the boys? And I might be in the mi- minority, and I might be the the majority, but I don't know. But I know the separation always felt a little weird to me. Um, and he said that Phil just had a way about him that is, to me, unlikable. I'll tell I feel you like this. he's the only person. He's the only person telling the truth. I about to say Bobby Fish been taking it to the streets ever since he's been on the streets. Like Bobby Fish. <laughs> Been keeping it a buck, man. I mean, I aside from the CM Punk, uh, you know, open challenge he's issued, but he's really keeping it a buck about the situation in the locker room. I mean, you think about it back in the day. I mean, we all hear stories about Taker being a locker room leader, and people respect that. That wasn't a work. That's something people hold up to this day. You don't mm-hmm. get that if you're going to have these separated locker rooms. I mean, I'm granted, I'm sure it's different now in the WWE where, you know, some of the top stars have buses, so you're not always together like you once were. But these are actual separate camps, not just separate rooms now. You have separate camps in a locker room. And like Bobby said, that's ripe for dissension. Yeah, exactly. Ripe for dissension, ripe for jealousy, ripe for resentment. Yeah. Um, and my question has been for the past couple of, couple of, of weeks here or the past week here, how, if you were Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, do you come back into that locker room? Damn, damn if Punk is is, is gone. He's going to be gone. Okay, he's gone. Right, right. <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. They're prolonging the inevitable. Okay. Let's call it what it is. I'm, I'm sure they'll dress it up to be like a certain thing. I don't see how, because the thing is, if you're Punk, you have to work with one of these guys. They're never going to want to work together again. Right. And, and how do you separate that on the card forever? You know what I mean? If you want to have these, at least Omega and, and Punk be top guys, you know, Theoretically, they should probably meet at some point. And 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 my thing is this: like, how do you walk in there and say, "Okay, Tony, I totally trust you. I trust you with the book. I trust that you're going to do right by me with the book." After this, yeah. How Tony, do you Tony say can't stop a, a press conference from going off the rails? Let alone a fucking book. Exactly. Like you, you can, you, you sat there and let it happen. You know what I mean? And and now all 
everyone's like 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 leaving right now. Like everyone is, is definitely like dipping out. Yeah, because once again, it feels like the foundation, the spirit of this company was built on WWE hate. <laughs> you know, I don't want to make it that simple, but you want to provide yourself as a worthy alternative. So you kind of want to start off by going, okay, what are they doing? That what are they not doing that the fans want them to do? You kind of go after that. And if you were just you know just about just about appeasing and filling that void, that's one thing. But you went about filling that void and shitting on the people across the street the entire time you were doing it. So and they're still doing, and they're still mentioning them. Yes, <laughs> and 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 that is the to, to me. And I and I don't want to make this seem like it's just all, you know, AEW hate. I think yeah, this is like it, I, this is a fascinating thing. I, I want there to be a book about how this happened because this is the cautionary tale that you you can't be one of the boys and run a company. You just can't. It's, it's just impossible for you, for you for you to do so. Um, Alistair Black or Malachi Black in AEW, he's also out of his contract. It said, um, it's not said how long, you know, there was some, there were some conditions to let him out of this release. A lot of people are saying 90, some people are saying more than a hundred day, um, non-compete clause. What, what do you think about this plus? I mean, I, I saw, what was it six months on one of the reports? Like, Jesus, yeah. that's unfair. But, um, I, I mean, I don't think, you know, House of Black being trademarked, that's not going to, you know, deter him or, you know, hold him back once he gets back into E. Um, Tony, I think is is honestly he's gonna have to. He talks about locking these guys up like Adam Cole's locked up for years. I think when it comes down to it, you don't want to have a guy who's fucking miserable or a girl who's miserable in your locker room. You want to negotiate a release. You no matter how much time you have on there, you're you're already not Suge Knight. Nobody's really scared of you. So how are you mm-hmm. gonna enforce that legally? You know, you 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 can on paper, but let's be honest. You need them to work. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're going to probably negotiate a release nine times out of ten. That's like what we've seen here with, uh, with Malachi Alistair Black. Now, that, that just, once again, do I think that is that, uh, you know, kind of foreshadow what may happen in the future with another, a few more um, workers? Sure. I think talent would not start to go out in mass, but slowly but surely. You're going to see some people go out there and like, yo, I want to put some real feelers out to up north. I'm trying to go home. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I would imagine that he is. Um, he's probably on his way back to 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 to, to the E. Mm-hmm. H. I think that Triple H. I know for a fact. I mean, we've heard him say it, and um, we you know we we've heard Alistair say it himself that Bruce Pritchard was a huge proponent of him in his push, and I would imagine that's that's still going to be the case whenever he's able to come back, but. He'll be with his wife, Zelina, whenever she's she's poised to come back. Mm-hmm. I think it's all it's a net positive. I I think that other than his first appearance in that Cody feud, Alistair never he he was rudderless there. He they never had plans for him there, I think. And and, and back to booking for AEW, I'm I'm a firm believer that, you know, a guy who may be a wrestling enthusiast, but never really in the business prior to this, should he really be holding a book? Like, I mean, no. there's a committee. I'm, I'm sure he probably gets input from others who, of course, been in the business for years. But should that person have the final fucking say over what goes on the card? I just don't know. Because you're the money man, I don't think you probably should have that power as well. That That's scary, too. Because you're going to get to some situations where you already can't really be firm. And we're seeing, well, at least in the front-facing decisions you're making, you, you don't look to be firm in your decision-making. So you need to put somebody else there that actually has experience and how to put a show together. Because the yeah. one thing that pisses me off all the time, Fob, is that this guy front loads the fuck out of his shows and almost succumbed, and I'm talking about Dynamite, has almost succumbed to his audience falling off a cliff around 8.45. And that's just, He's that's poor booking, one-on-one. Like, if, y'all, if I was booking the show, I would have MJF, I would tease that thing to nine o'clock at the, le- at the earliest. 
Well, that was the odd part, right? You had the announcement, you had the MJF thing, and you had Moxie in the first 20 minutes. (laughs) Talk about blowing your load. Like, that is the the perfect way to blow a load that you could just stretch out for damn near 90 minutes. Like, why the the hell would we want to continue watching? We've seen the the main event, so to speak. (laughs) And the graph speaks for itself. (laughs) Yeah, they, 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 they did it all already. That's like, you know, that's almost like asking Bezos to go use the dash cart. It whole it uh it ends like that. I don't think he's ever used that little ass that little ass cart. He's got like two people on each side of him, like walking him through the instructions as he goes down the aisle. Like it takes like thirty minutes longer than it should. Like wait, that can't be right. <laughs> That's not right at all. Um, New York New York Fashion Week was uh was was last week, and Sasha Banks and Naomi hit the town. Uh, yes. No no. No word on whether they're they're coming back, but that's our Sasha Banks watch for the week. That, that she was definitely she was definitely found. <laughs> She's enjoying the Yankees games. <laughs> yeah, congratulations to, to to them for for that look. I, I think that again, like this is this is what wrestlers should do. Like I feel like the the E in particular, like they have some really beautiful women on their roster, and I, I feel as though like a Bianca should not, you know be exempt from doing things like that i think that it, it's definitely something that gives them more notoriety and i hopefully she she does do more stuff like that and hopefully more women do stuff like like carmelo on the on the ramp you can see it yeah i can see that I, and i want to say never has there been a time where you've had this many women employed with wb to be in like this many different avenues of sports and entertainment right there's so right. much synergy around whether we're talking about bianca i mean that bianca lash legend feature was dope yeah it was it was awesome you know and, to see to see Bianca be looked at like she's the OG. Everyone in NXT, all the women there, when you ask them about who they saw that motivated them, Bianca is always the answer. She's the OG there, bro. Like that, and, and I think that's amazing. Yeah, you, you mean the athleticism is one thing, but that mic work she displays from time to time is really good, man. Like last night, cutting off poor song you're talking about. Yo, this is an open challenge, not open mic night. All right, <laughs> get in the ring, take this ass whooping. <laughs> up she was done she was like man we're gonna talk about that in a second uh there was a tweet this morning from wrestle votes um they said in the tweet uh the situation with the world titles and roman reigns is complex according to a source they would like to go into mania season and wrestlemania itself with two champions but they also don't want roman losing at all prior i'm told triple h and company are open to all things creatively here we are over two years into this reign there are no big pay-per-views on the way <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> there are zero. Right. If you want to establish really two really big champions going into Mania season, oh, and also Cody's coming back. <laughs> yeah. You gotta you gotta do it pretty soon here. I pose this question. Are we tired of Roman Reigns' reign right now? Or Roman's reign, so to speak. Yeah, I know. I like, I like the nice sorts of words. Um, I, I would say Hold on. Okay. And how do we book these titles off of him at this point? Okay. So for for the first part of the question, no, because yes, it has been very long. He's had the longest reign in the modern era so far, but the sake of it being half of it being like in the Thunderdome and, you know, during that era has almost made it fresh in a sense because he's only been in live crowds for what, the better part of a year and some change? Yeah. So that is kind of, you know... I think bought him some time in a sense. 
And then he's not, you know, the, the defenses are not as, you know, frequent as they need to be. So it's cool the way he's riding out now. But I think one of the very few scenarios you can get to maybe keep one of the belts on him, and you'd have to, you know, explain this through storyline muckety-muck, but in the ring, I only see a double pin. That's it. That's all I see. A finish with a double pin, you know, a double pin finish is how you would somewhat get the belt off of him between now and Mania. One of the belts, rather. I think looking at it in a broader sense, you have Drew, like, okay, I like this pivot with Drew on Friday they did. I'm, I'm seeing the pivots on Raw. Look at the roster right now. There are at least four talents on Raw. You could say KO. I'll throw in five. You could say Theory. You could say Seth. You could say Riddle. You could say Lash. That's five people that could realistically be fighting for this title right now. Yeah, it's a real main event scene. Yep. That's that's a real scene right there. Yep. SmackDown. You've got a Drew. You still got Roman there. You got a carry-in that they want to have in the upper mid-card slot. That's you got right. Gunther. You've got a couple people there who could be facing off for this title. I know they want the U.S. title, the Intercontinental title, to have a little bit of juice behind it. But I'm sorry, they ain't the world titles. No, they can't lead a show. And that's where it's at right now on Raw. That's also kind of hampering it. And we've talked about that as well offline. Um, there's too much of a, you know, an emphasis on the U.S. title. Now, I should say too much. But what I should say is that um, there, there is, they're trying to put it as the best title on the show. And by default, it is. But yeah, that's not enough to carry an entire brand. No, they need that. They need each brand needs a title. You can't. If you're going to have a brand extension, each brand should have its own title. And I think Triple H walked into, and I said this like a month ago. I said I, I think he's walked into a very, very potentially volatile, but also like could, like really tough situation here. You've got to get these titles off him. I said it months ago. Also, we already got the moment. Roman at Mania with both belts. Yeah. You did it again in Sm- on SummerSlam. Roman at the end with both belts. You did it at Clash. Roman with both belts. For the first time in 30 years in Europe. We've got all the moments, plus. We've got them all. All the moments are here. Mm-hmm. Roman's final boss moment was beating Brock and beating him definitively that second time. He did it. <laughs> he did it. To me, booking-wise, creatively, I think we have... I, I honestly think we've reached the end. Because the thing is... The, 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 the thing about the bloodline is that the interesting parts of the bloodline aren't Roman anymore. Oh, it's everyone around him. Yeah, the peripheral is definitely turned up, especially with Sammy's involvement now. It's hilarious. I mean, he's carrying it full stop with the social stuff. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, like he, he's doing a lot of the work, and I guess we can go into SmackDown from here. But a lot of this show, Solo Sokoa showing up, the Usos coming in, uh, introducing their, their brother, Sammy Zayn, really making himself and being a made man in Roman's eyes and Jimmy's eyes and in Solo's eyes, that's a big story. To me, that's more interesting than what Roman has going on. What does Roman have going on? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely an as-the-world-turns aspect to the bloodline right now. That, and that, that Honestly, that Mills has mentioned is kind of missing, especially from the Raw brand. You get a little bit of that right now with Dexter, Loomis, and Miz, but we kind of miss some of that comedic aspect that we know our boy in a do-rag could cook up some bullshit on the spot for you, right in front of your face in less than five minutes. <laughs> you know, like, like hibachi. But we're kind of missing some of that. And that's, that, is what's, that is what's needed. I think you do wrap it up because do you, you don't need to go into WrestleMania if we're going to do the, the rumored match with Roman Rock. That doesn't need to be a title match. It can carry this. It damn sure will carry the, the show. It will be the top of the bill. But it doesn't have to have the titles involved. I agree. I think that's where you have Roman lose. I mean, it's completely fine with him getting kind of screwed out of the title multiple times because Paul's not there. 
my my thinking is this. I think H needs to really because Roman. It looks like he's not going to be on Extreme Rules at all. Which fine, cool, that's fine. Yeah. Survivor Series is in Boston. It's sold out. Sold out. Literally within seconds. It's going to be a packed house. Do it different. Roman faced the top challenger from SmackDown. Faced the top challenger from Raw. In one night. Or have it in the same match. Whoever from Raw wins the title. Or whoever from SmackDown pins whoever. They get that SmackDown side. Whoever from Raw pins whoever. They get the Raw title. And it's split that way. Yeah. And that's your, that's your Survivor Series main event. I know they want to do 5 one five. I just don't think that's solving your problem here. Because what, what's going to happen again? Roman's not... Is, is there a December... No, the December pay-per-view is, gonna, is gone in lieu of day one on the first. Ah, that's right. So, that's right. So you've got another month where he's, he's just sitting with these titles and no one to win them. And people are... Literally, we're, we're at our fourth Austin Theory KO match for the year right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm almost like, just please cash it in so that we can get this over with and you can get that briefcase off of you. Yeah. Like it, it, it's getting ridiculous at this point in terms of just like how they book themselves into this corner with, with Roman. And it's like, yes, they're in a corner. They're really in a corner to me. Like, I, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm like bored. I'm just ready for the next step because there, there's no I'm, I'm not seeing a next step with him. He's gotten everything. He's Scarface at this point. He's Tony Montana, table full of titles, sitting back in his room, waiting for people to rush him. So so at this point now with H walking into this, you know, long into the rain. Does he, has he, like you say, he's booked himself into a corner. Is he able to move out of that program and does Roman need to go away for six months after that happens? Or three months rather? I mean, not six maybe. That's maybe a little too much, but maybe like 90 days? Like, is there, does he need a cooling off period where he's out of the picture for a few months? I think if you're doing it so close to November and in January, you, he has to go full blast because you got to start that rock program. Yeah. I think you got to get super delusional, super angry, like, on a war path in Roman Reigns for losing the titles. And I think you find a way to squeeze Rock in there if that's what you're going to do, or you got to start setting that up. I think he goes full bore, and I think he needs to know that. I think he knows that, too. I, I think we're actually getting a Saudi pay-per-view uh, um, in between that. Um, hold on, let me check. I think we're getting a Crown Jewel November 5th. So that's right before, um, that's right before Survivor Series. He could lose there. You, you just said something that kind of, you know, if we're going to book the territory, so to speak. Um, if he loses before the end of the year, and like you said, he becomes, you know, a man on a, on a warpath, rage, you know, just delusional, doesn't know who to turn to, he's pissed. The same way he got his brothers in line, does Rock come back to get him in line? And that's how the process that's, is set up. That would be fire. You're, make, you're making us look bad. You're whining like a little bitch. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You're making this look bad. It's the easiest way to do it. It's just, it's just how. Because I'm sorry, Cody got to get his moment. Sure, I think he's earned it. I think he's. I, I definitely think he's earned it. I think H knows that he's earned it. I think everyone back there knows that he's earned that moment. I think you got to do it with Seth. I think Seth's got to be the guy you get it off of on Raw, and I think on SmackDown, Roman has it until he doesn't have it anymore. Somehow, yeah. yeah I think Roman. Ish. I don't know how involved hashtag involved the, the execs at Fox really are into the program. But I think they they would definitely want Roman to remain in, as a pivotal part of the program, especially because he's the the highest profile person that's going to be on a somewhat regular basis. So yeah. maybe that maybe that does factor into the decision making. I don't know, but but again, that's like I say all the time. That's up to that's up to them to decide, not me. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. This is true. They got to figure that out, not me. Um, but SmackDown, man. 
Um, I thought it was a solid show. I, I really, $2.3 million, man. You, I mean, not dollars, 2.3 million viewers. I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure they got that too. But 2.3 million viewers, um, it's no slouch. People are tuning into this. I, I've, I've found these shows to be easier to watch, especially um, SmackDown in the past couple of weeks. Oh, sure. I mean, there's a, there's a two-hour effect. And I, and I will say that H has made three-hour viewing a much easier process on Monday nights. But two hours is still going to be a brisk show. It's going to fly by, and it feels good. I mean, it never hurts when you got a hot-ass crowd. And we've said this a couple times, too. How are you able – I mean, is there a difference? Can you tell a difference between the audio of the crowd on SmackDown on Fridays and Raw on Mondays? Because, I mean, obviously Seattle was way hotter than we've seen in weeks on TV on Friday. But it seems to be consistently the crowd on Friday is a little bit hotter than the crowd on Mondays, audio-wise. You got the potential to see Ronda. You got the potential to see Roman Reigns. You got the potential to see Drew McIntyre. They've got, to me, some a very strong core of stars. And while Raw has stars, I would say that there's maybe two of them that are as strong as a, as like two of those people over there. And that's probably KO and that's probably Seth. I think Riddle is a little bit below them. I think Riddle's had stronger reactions next next to Randy um, lately. But I also think that they have him losing too much. And that's why he doesn't he, has, he doesn't have the strong reactions like he used to. Like, he's, he's been losing way too much. Um, but I definitely see that SmackDown is like the hotter show. And then you, are, you now have hot, young, babyface Sheamus. Yeah, right. Right. At the, at the beginning of the show, um, they, they open the show with literally like the... I don't know if you've ever seen Friday the 13th Part 2. No. Or so. Part 3, where, where they, open the, they open the movie with the ending of Part 2 and then go right into Part 3. That's how they opened SmackDown this week. It was like this is the ending of, of Clash of the Castle, and this is this is the actual show. I thought it was it was brilliant, a yeah. brilliant way to. It was on the show. fire the whole time too. Like they were on fire for that match. Absolutely, and um, the brawling Bruce and, and Imperium. Shout out to to H for recognizing that the Vinci thing was not working on 2.0, right. and I say this because Vinci was a character that. I just don't think there's a high trajectory for your character if you had if you got a title match in your first month and a half there and you lose it. That's it. Oh yeah, yeah. You're, you're kind of getting like stunned out the gate. Yeah, you're, you're, that's it. Melo beat him, and that was it for him. And I thought that that was that was kind of the bad move there. I, I felt like if you want to keep it on Melo, don't have him face Vinci on TV. You know what I mean? Like have do do practice that match later and have him do it later. So um, grabbing him for Imperium, it worked. And this match went about I want to say about 20 minutes. And it, it fucking banged. It was really, really good. And they're they're building up to Sheamus and Gunther, which I'm pretty sure we're going to get at Extreme Rules. Yeah, and, and and I don't think anybody, any any of us are complaining about that. They could run that one back a couple times. Yeah. Um, also had Aaliyah and, and Raquel versus Toxic Attraction. I was going to say this before Monday if they hadn't lost it, but I was like, on Friday, I was like, it feels like they're going to lose these titles. It doesn't feel like this is going to be <laughs> a long reign at all. But they got reps against uh, Toxic Attraction there. Um, we also had the the five way between Zia Lee, Natalia, Sonya Deville, Lacey Evans, and Ronda Rousey. Well, Ronda Rousey won pretty much easily. Sure, sure, <laughs> right. It was it was a vehicle for her to get her shit off real quick. Exactly, exactly. And and um, throughout the show, you, you have a lot of vignettes between um, Solo and Sammy. We'll get to that in the main event. But you also had Maximum Male Models, which in versus Lost Authorios versus Hit Row Street Profits. It already seems to be like they're going to be shutting this MMM shit down. It does seem like they're facing out the Maximum Male Models. Also, also, we we remiss to say uh, shout out to Top Dollar. <laughs> 
<laughs> top dollar brother. I respect Angela Davis. She's a legend, but that fit ain't it. Okay. <laughs> Let's just be real about things. It ain't, bro. It don't matter if it's Angela Davis. It don't matter if it's Viola Davis. That fit ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> we respect them both, but that fit, we don't respect at all, fam. But that's I don't basis. I don't hate them in ring. I just think Hit Row needs better clothes. <laughs> I don't hate them in ring. That's it. That's, that's a quick remedy, okay? Dress like you want to go outside wearing this, all right? I'm not asking you to dress like Polo G. I'm just asking you to, to dress in something that like kind of look like I know that I know you can't really wear like the Supreme and the Nike shit without covering it up. Sure. But put some shit together, bro. Like put some shit together that look like something. Because my thing is that Hit Row looks like they're, they're a parody of what they're trying to be. 100%. It like, it's all it, costumes. It, it, yeah, it looks like like it looks like Malibu's most wanted type shit. <laughs> it does. It, it, and, it, and it looks like a bygone era. And I mean, we're talking mid two thousands, late two thousands. Like, come on, y'all, y'all, come on. And especially a guy like Top Dollar, who obviously watches more than his fair share of Smack DVDs and URL battles. So please, yeah, like, it, it is. It, it really is. You know, terrible. I'm like H has to know this. <laughs> I'm about, I'm about to call Wale and we gonna go up there or something like that. We gonna we gonna we gonna tap in with him for for that. But um, Wale told me stop bullying. <laughs> uh, stop bullying top dollar. So, and it's not bullying. It's just you know, man, the man, man. Just yo, the fit ain't it, man. And, and we're not the only people saying this. Come on. Now. My thing is, black man to black man. Why would that offend you? I'm not saying nothing about your character. I'm not saying you a bitch. Right. I ain't saying you, I ain't saying you pussy. Right. I'm just saying, bro, you got to put some shit together, bro, when you're on TV. <laughs> Yo, come on, man. I can't look at that video and put AB song up under that. He did not put that shit on, bro. He didn't put that shit on at all. It was not, it was not on him. They seem to be really wanting to do something with Hit Row. I will say that. They're, they're establishing them as a threat. Um, you know, having them, you know, next to Street Profits. I just don't know if beating like maximum male models in the Lothario is really it. Like, is, is that like, does that mean my chain? Are you, are you moving up the ladder, so to speak? Yeah. Like where the fuck are the Vikings? And the thing is, I, I get also that like, I mean, the Vikings just washed the New Day 3-0. They did. They made that whole concept work. And you're right. They washed the biggest. Like they washed them. And I know, I know the Vikings are, they're H's guys. Um, so I'm wondering what he, what, what he's planning on them too. But it's like, again, at the top of the card, plus, the Usos have all the titles, so this is what you're left with. You have a lot of unbeatable champions right now. I think it's the point that you've made off the podcast. It's like you have a lot of champions right now who, you know, once you beat them, it's gonna you, you're gonna have to transition to something else fast because you've made these reigns very lengthy, and they mean something when you when you are off of them. Exactly, like the Usos are there. Um, Roman's obviously there. Bianca's getting there. She's nearing 200 days, I think, as champion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she's getting there. My thing is, is that I, I'm fine with Bianca being that because I feel like her first reign, your first reign is always kind of the short one anyway. Your second one is where you kind of get the meat and potatoes. She's been hampered and hindered. So I would allow, you know, I think she should hold it for a little bit longer. I think that that's fine for her. But I think Liv, Liv being the only beatable champion on your roster is definitely a problem. Right. It stands out. <laughs> it stands out like crazy. She's the only beatable champion on your roster right now. But again, like, I, I know you don't want the, the optics of the Vikings beating up another black tag team, but they really should be getting reps against Hit Row and, and making these guys better because I think that they can only make them better by working with them. Um, right, and it's, it's good for positioning long term for Hit Row. Absolutely, uh, Braun Strowman came back. Plus, oh, that was a moment too. I I enjoyed that. I mean, he's been in shape for quite some time now. I've been watching to see that you know, bro, bro lost the pounds a minute ago, but he looked like a legit monster here. That was a good look for him coming back. Yeah, and and again, like 
I think that like people wanted to hate it so bad, but when you hear that crowd pop for this motherfucker, you're like, damn, I get why you brought him back. Right. <laughs> you get right. you get why he's back. Like you, you can't hate on it. Um, I'm wondering why again, another guy that technically plus should not be losing. Right. So who is he facing? Right. right. And, and this is the thing too. H has to really, we, we have to see how H is going to treat attractions long term. We've noticed that Omas hasn't been on every week on Raw. And, he, you know, this past week he had him on as an attraction. Quick squash, just reaffirms who the fuck he is and get it off our TV. Is he going to mm-hmm. do that for everybody else in that vein? You have to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ending off the show, you had Drew McIntyre versus Solo Sokoa. Um, some good stuff here again for Solo's first match, man. I, I, I'm not mad at, at what they did. I was getting worried. I I thought that they were going to beat him on night one, and I'm and very smartly. You know what's funny? I had forgotten about Carrion. I, <laughs> I completely forgotten about him. Right, right. Didn't think he would be involved in this one. Right, right. And you know what was smart that he did? He didn't have a vignette this week. Yes, at yes. all. Yes, that's right. He didn't have a vignette or a promo or nothing. He had nothing this week. He comes out, the fucking screen changed. I said, okay, you guys are leaning into the gimmick, okay? <laughs> right. Very hard leaning into the gimmick. And, you know, he, he hit, uh, he, he put uh, Drew into the cross jacket for the DQ um, about 10 minutes to end the show. Um, I thought it was good, man. I, I, I thought it was, it was a really great thing to have commentary asking for someone to help Drew as the screen faded to black. What a, what a really, poignant moment there to me Ooh, this is a great segue into commentary that you know michael cole and pat of course doing a college game day for right now for the for the majority of the fall season Corey graves yeah. seems to be stepping in and they don't really miss a beat i mean <laughs> we could talk all day about how smackdown blows raw out of the water when it comes to commentary <laughs> you just said it they sold it properly going home off the air on friday night i just wish we can get that on a regular basis every fucking monday yeah yeah uh, i i Jimmy was a was a fucking body on Raw. Let's get to Raw right now. But but SmackDown. <laughs> but you 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 felt you. I mean, it's looking it's looking like Drew versus Carrion Extreme Rules. Are are you cool with that? Is that something that like I feel like they built they built it um sufficiently to me. Yeah, I mean Drew Drew is one of the top guys, and he looks like it. And do you think that you know Drew uh putting care or not putting Carrion over, but Carrion you know losing to Drew. Does that have, does that that is that hurt the series going in? Because I would I would want this to be a two three match program. I think you gotta have Karrion beat Drew first, and then they face off again in something bigger. Um, I'm a little scared about the first match being in a pay per view, but it makes sense. It's right. got to be at a pay per view. But the thing is, is that if Karrion wins, you're making you're giving Drew two straight losses. So um, I'm wondering how they set that up. I wouldn't mind carrying losing. I don't think that he, I think that he's a guy that can face the top guys in the, on the card, but not necessarily get that top guy spot yet. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's more slotted into intercontinental U.S. title for me right now. I think that's what makes most sense for him. So if that was going into it before I see any more booking or or, or, drew, or build to this, I would say that I would have Drew coming out on top for that. But I think for people that had apprehension about Karrion and how he would be presented, I think that they've pretty much squashed um, any concerns about what he looks like. Yeah, the the repackage that H has done since he brought him back out, even to the point where it's like he's hit the, the whole men in black thing. was like, yeah, this is his first match, okay? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's done a great job of repackaging him. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. But like you said, I just don't think Drew Max should take two losses back-to-back on pay-per-view. Absolutely. So um, let's go into Raw. Uh, Raw opens with uh, with with Seth Rollins and Riddle. That feud going I, again. These are these are two H guys here. Yes. Uh, he loves you too. Um, and, and I keep saying this, 
there's nobody on this roster that Triple H loves. And, and maybe I shouldn't even say that. I, th- I feel like he loves I feel like he loves Sasha, Bianca and this motherfucker, Seth Rollins, more than anybody in the world. Um, and maybe Charlotte. But yeah. Seth, as far as the guys go, Seth is his guy. I'm wondering what he's got planned for this guy, because I, I, I feel like to me, the riddle thing is cool. But what happens after? Like what, what's going to happen there? Um, we got riddle versus Finn to open the show. Pretty lengthy match, about 13, 14 minutes. Uh, what'd you think about it? I liked it. I mean, you know, Finn, we'll get to Finn a little bit later when he does the end of the show. But um, I, I like what they're doing with the Judgment Day. I got to be honest, man. Uh, my man Priest on the mic, you know what I mean? He's been pretty solid the past couple of weeks. It seems like H is just like giving people like, you know, bullet points or whoever in creative is giving people bullet points and just letting them talk. What a fucking concept. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, the match itself was good. And, and what a what a great way to kind of intertwine two different storylines. Uh, Riddle and Priest being friends. A little too close friends, if you follow the internet. Uh, <laughs> I caught the Freak Man references. Yes, I did. <laughs> but uh, really, really good stuff here. I, I've never really been a fan of Finn and Riddle's chemistry. Um, they had a match way back when in 2019 on NXT Takeover. I believe it was War Games. I wasn't a big fan of that match. I felt like they 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 kind of were a mismatch. I, I felt the same thing here, but they still had a good match. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I feel like Riddle needs to have a win very soon or else he's going to fall he's going to fall very far i'm already seeing him kind of not like not looked at as very seriously anymore um but i i I don't get the sense of beating your baby face this much it reminds me of when kevin owens would get beat up by seth rollins's crew back in um 2020 before the pandemic and i was like they're beating this guy too much he's not tommy dreamer it's the truth like you can make him like tommy dreamer but he's not tommy dreamer you know what i'm saying like you you got to really give you know, you got to give him some wins sometimes against people that are quality opponents. And Seth, to me, like you should definitely, if not have beaten him in clash, should probably beat him when they have their rematch, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also agree. I think you're right. I mean, you don't want a guy like Kevin Owens who came into the game as a prize fighter, or came into the E as a prize fighter. You don't want him going over, getting beat up all the time. Same with Riddle. I mean, Rollins, I think we'll get to Rollins a little bit later too, as far as forward looking. But Riddle is going to be caught in the middle here too. Is that, Should he be in the mid card race, you think? Or does he need to be in the main event scene? Yeah, and, and that's again you get you're gridlocked at the yeah, top, right? That's what I'm saying. He's kind of caught. Yeah, you you can't do much. And um, the overarching of the story for Raw this this week was the Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, Edge, Judgment Day stuff. And this is why I think that it's like, I think it's overblown. Like we had this conversation in Discord a lot. I think it's, and the reason I think it's overblown, I haven't, I wanted to discuss it on here. You gotta have a heel group that sometimes slips on the banana. Because the babyface can't always do that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give Judgment Day a win in Edge's first time in the in the UK in years, in their first pay per view in 30 years. You want to send because the, the thing is they did that because they were gonna send the fans home upset. Right. Right. So you had to you had to have the babyface win win there. I'm not looking at that as Judgment Day is is they don't have any quality wins. Finish just beat Ray before. Damian had a really big match against Edge that I thought made him look fucking great. It's all about perception. If your perception is only just the wins and losses of it, then Judgment Day, yes, is probably, I don't know what what stable you're looking for from them, but as far as a stable that really puts their imprint on this show, they do that every single week. There are multiple segments, plus. Yeah, every most stable, in my opinion. They, 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 are, they are really, they're for real. And now you introduce Dominic into it. What did you feel about his, I'm a man? 
<laughs> Yo, <laughs> there's so many screenshots of like those old school 80s pics where he's like looking off in one direction and the other <laughs> pictures like in the front of the screen. Like I just, <laughs> that's been cracking me up the past 24 hours. But um, I like this promo here more than the end ring we'll get to later. And I'm not, I'm not trying to shit on him because he needs time. And I think we've made this point. You've probably made this point with meals on this podcast plenty of times in the show where you said that, you know, we don't get to see, we get to see these guys trial and error way more than the legends that we love growing up. We didn't see yeah. the trial and error coming up. We didn't see mean Mark all the time. I didn't see the fucking midnight rockers back in the eighties or before Sean even got to TV with the AWA. So now we got to see these guys really go from zero to a hundred. And, and I don't you know, think problem. And we can talk about it now. Like, I don't think he looked terrible. There were moments where he looked really good. Edge was being very methodical in this match. I thought Dom, again, he's working on it. He's working on it. Like, listen, saying send the kid to 2.0, it ain't happening. You know what I'm saying? This is is what it is at this point. Ray got the stroke to put his kid on TV as he should. You know what I mean? It's the same thing that LeBron's going to do. It's the same thing that anybody's going to do. They're going to put their fucking kid in position to, to, to succeed. Working with the Edge in the main event of Raw, ain't nothing bad about that. Judgment Day in the main event of Raw, ain't nothing bad about that at all. I thought the match was fine with Edge. I thought Edge had a, had a mean streak there. It seems as though they've written him off at the end. Uh, broke his damn knee. Right. Um, but, but I think that this was a good foundation to build upon. You have Ray begging and pleading and saying, I'm, I will not hit my son. And coming in the middle of anyone who tries to hurt his son... It's a good storyline. I want to say I, I fuck with it overall, and I said I, I overall I enjoyed the match, but I fuck with this storyline because it's long term storytelling. Everybody in the match has a long term part in it. Edge, of course, being the leader of the Judgment Day, Dominic being the newest member of the Judgment Day. There's so many layers, and like you said, running in at the end with Ray stopping, you know, the ass whooping, so to speak. That was a part of storytelling that's long term. We haven't seen the last part of the story, so. I'm I'm okay with it. Just bro is just a little winded. All right. Yeah, he, needs, he needs to work on his cardio right, for sure. Right. He needs he needs to work on his cardio. That that's definitely something that that you you cannot, you know, you, you can't he like to me, he's far from a disaster. Right. You know it wasn't I mean? awful. It was not awful. But he 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 needs to work on his charisma. He needs to work on his fire. He just he just flat in there. I didn't think he was terrible, but I but I I think he needs to he needs to get away. From his dad, and he needs to be able to wrestle at a, at a, at a bigger, at a, at a more, you know, poignant level. You know what I'm saying? He needs, he needs, to, he needs to do more because I mean, I think the last singles match he had that I thought looked good, Seth was doing most of the work. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So, and two observations, um, I think, one real quick. One, I love how he took uh, Eddie's taunt and walked to the ring. Like that was pretty deliberate. He was very then slow. He, then, he did it, then he did it ten more times, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's hammering home, and then there's that. Yeah, he did that a little bit too much. Then second, he has to change his fucking in-ring gear. I know he's he's adapted to the colors of the Judgment Day, but still, that ain't enough. He needs to change that look. The whole thing. I, I think it's a cool look, but he he got work to do. Yeah, he's got work to do. And I think that them putting it in the main event was 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 a choice. I, I'm listen. I'm not mad at anyone for not liking it. Um, I didn't hate it. I, I mean, I, I, I think that, again, the story to me is was, was carrying me. It felt like ECW. It feels like Heyman's writing this, to be honest with you. Yes. And he has a hand in SmackDown more than Raw, or is it or I have it backwards? I think it's both. Okay. I think, I think it's both. I, I think that because he tells stories. I think that's why he's been off for the last couple of weeks, because he's taken a more, a more heightened role in that. Um, nine o'clock hour. <laughs> I'm going to bounce around the show. We got the return of Johnny Gargano versus Gable. 
I feel did, did was Triple H doing this as to spite Vince? Right, right. <laughs> right. You're gonna put real wrestling, hashtag real wrestling in the hot spot at nine o'clock. That, that definitely shows that's a decided H decision. That ain't a Vince one. I think I think I I feel like Portland didn't quite know what to do with it. <laughs> I mean, does that, does that strike you as an eight thirty match? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nine o'clock topic. Listen, let's be clear. Them boys went crazy. They did, no, they but, did. That's the guess. They did. I've been conditioned to think that this is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure, right. There's this is limit about this placement. Feels odd. <laughs> I, I, I have been taught to to think that this is not the thing that we're supposed to be doing on this show. Johnny Gargano is back, obviously. His first time wrestling in over 200 days, almost 300 days. Um, I thought he looked crisp, man. I thought I thought he looked really good against, in there against Gable, a, a veteran. Gable was able to do a lot of shit that he's not able to do. He looked like NXT Gable again. Man, real, um, real nigga mat work, okay? Yeah, a lot of really good stuff here. I, I, I just think that I can't help but, but think that like once Johnny starts getting into that realm of the bigger guys, the Drews, the the Romans that there's gonna have to be a lot of like a lot of um haha and and, and gaga to to take <laughs> a word from to take a word from from Mr. Pritchard in the middle of that to make that look okay. Um he, he did come off as, as small. I'm not gonna lie mm-hmm. to you. He did come off he, he came off as a little small, but I think the skills will have to shine through. And if if Brian Danielson isn't coming back anytime soon, I think you have your ready made baby face in that mold in Johnny Gargano. But the issue is plus there is a fucking, there's a jam at the top. Oh, I'm about to say, there's, there's, there's the log jam we referenced a little bit earlier, where I got two I got two programs I could see for him out the gate. And of course, the first one is already in motion with Theory. And the second, somehow, some way has to be Champa. Because, I mean, they kicked ass all over NXT, right? Yeah. So yeah. And, and have to get I mean, there. you bring up Theory, he comes out right after, hits him in the back, of uh, foreshadowing or, or shades of Champa hitting uh, Johnny with the crutch yep. a couple years ago. Yeah. And you had this crazy promo from KO, almost like Triple H said, go out there and tell him that this ain't Vince's WWE anymore. Right. Do an intervention live on TV. <laughs> yeah. Like, talk to Vince's era. But I'm like, but but that's Vince's era, but I hired this nigga. So, you know, don't be, be a little easy on him. But right. uh, <laughs> K- KO talks about Theory having everything handed to him. Um, but he said that, you know, I got the universal title handed to me, but that's the only difference that that's the only similarity that we have. Cause I've worked a lot. I've, I've worked hard to get what I've got. You've done nothing. Show me something. We get screaming KO. We get theory looking like he's, but let me, let me just, before we continue, let me come in theory. Tremendous. Yes. In this segment. Yes. Indeed, indeed. He was, he was, he was really good. And I want to give him a, a pointer or two when we wrap up, but for what I just heard from Kevin that I love so much about this segment was a motherfucking recall. Like, yes. if it happened, remind them. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just remind people. And the fact that he said, you know, we we are a little bit alike, but, the, you know, it stops right at where I was handed the universal title. Like, that's that's that classic shit, man. I think that uh, Cornette references from time to time where you tell them the truth on A, B, and C so you can work them on D and E. And that's yeah. just like, that. that's textbook shit, man. Yeah, he's, he said that, you know, he's, he sees Theory as as being, he says that people like him and Gargano are the heart and soul of this business, the workers, the people that make people like him look good. Meanwhile, people like him come and go and they're completely disposable. Sorry. Woo. Killing him. Killing him. I didn't, I, like, I, I, I didn't think that um, there was a, there was a minced word there. They had a brawl. KO, I saw it when it happened, legitimately punched him in his nose. <laughs> right. That was a hard way nose break, uh, break right there. Yeah. 
Yeah, he, he punched he 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 punched him in his shit. Tremendous segment. We get Theory versus KO next week. I, I'm all for putting the briefcase up, making some stakes. I don't think Theory has to lose the briefcase, but I think putting it up make what make it seem as though he has to earn his briefcase finally. Yes, that would that would add to it. I, I agree. Don't take it off him next week, but giving the people the the even the mere you know sense that it could happen. That would that would bode well for him in the future, I think so. And I also love going to break KO yelling a broken nose is just the beginning, bitch. Like that's what you need. You need little things like that just to put the icing on the cake. You know what I mean? So good. Uh, also had an open challenge between Bianca and Sonya Deville. Bianca was was over it <laughs> right from from the moment her Sonya music hit. <laughs> Sonya just missing cues. I'm like, there is definitely. There's a there's a case that I feel like the women's division needs to be shaken up, um, especially if you're not going to be doing anything with Oscar and, and Alexa. Give them some women to do something against. Like they're not doing anything, and I think that that is a that's a that's a gross misuse of their talents. Um, if you're if if Sasha and Naomi aren't back in the next couple of weeks, call somebody up. Call up Toxic Attraction. Yeah. Call up Mandy. What are you doing? Call up somebody that that that'll, that'll freshen this up a little bit. I, I think that Mandy hasn't faced a good number of these women or in, in some time or at all. So like let's 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 see that happen. Um, you also had a title change. I, I buried the lead as fuck on this, even though they treated it they treated it like it was a big a big ass idea, or or, or a big ass uh, deal uh, between Damage Control and Aaliyah and Raquel Rodriguez. I was thinking they were going to lose it tonight, and they did lose it tonight. Um, but I think the biggest thing is that I feel like EO is kind of missing some steps here. So EO, do you think that she's like kind of need to catch up on WB style or what? I, I think it's either the injury she's still recovering from or that she's catching the yips. I think she's, she, you know, she's a little, a little nervous out there. She yeah. looks tentative. She looks tentative in a way that she never looked in NXT. And I don't know if it's the bigger crowds. I don't know if it's the pressure of TV and, and all this stuff. You're on, you're on a show that makes, that has 2 million viewers a week. Right. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give her a couple of weeks to get it together. But Dakota Kai, in my opinion, just looks tremendous every single week. Yeah, no, I love Dakota Kai. And I mean, we're just talking about overall. I know we're going to get to her. Bailey, Bailey is like, she's about to enter her real prime, in my opinion. I mean, she's already done a lot of work where she's she's going to end up being in the, in the Hall of Fame one day. But she's definitely like, I think just character-wise, what she's doing in lieu of being in the ring is really fucking good. Yeah, and they're they're building, I mean, we can get the Bailey now. They're building up the Bailey stuff between Bianca. That's, I, I would imagine that's Extreme Rules. Um, I, I, I'm not with, I'm, I'm not following a lot of people that I, that I see in our discord saying that they feel like Bianca's going to, going to get tested and, and she's going to lose that title. I, I just don't see her losing it this year. I, yeah, I don't. I don't either. I, I think she's, like you said, I, the, the second run when they really like you, they leave it on you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's, it's different. The second run's different. Those, look at those second runs, y'all. Like it, it's always the one. And then you kind of have those sprinkle, you know, back and forth ones ever so often, like. If, if I had to take it off Bianca, I'd do it at day one. I, I would I would do it at day one against a strong challenger like Raquel, a Rhea Ripley, or somebody like that. Like I, w- I would do it there. But um, they they beat up Bianca, Alexa, and uh, Oscar came out to help. And uh, yeah, that was that was more teasing for for what's going to happen later. Um, I think you know just to wrap it up, I don't think much else happened here. Really big show for matches. You had Omos come back like we mentioned earlier. Um, and then you had the Miz thing. That was amazing, man. Mrs. Crib is laid, but we all knew that already. Yeah, hard, hard, uh, you know, hard to watch. Uh, <laughs> Loomis in there. Uh, that was like, I mean, you put like a million dollar production value on Pillman Austin. You know what I mean? That was like the production value was so much better than it needed to be in that segment. 
Yeah, it, the production value was like, was I feel as though they had the Ms. and Mrs. cameras for that. Let me just be clear. They had the red cameras. They, they have those regular cameras, bro. They had the red cameras for that. They, they brought the money out. They brought the money out for that segment, bro. It's a fact, bro. It's, it was too clear. You know what I mean? This is movie quality. But but I'm wondering where they go with this, where Champa, you know, follows into this. This this seems like a Miz ass angle, so I'm not mad at it. Like this, this is something he should be doing. Um, so it was cool. But like, listen, man, next week Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley. I wasn't happy about it. Again, like I said, U.S. title's cool. Neither of these men should have it. And <laughs> these men should be exactly like they should not be. Ha- they should not be fighting for this title. They should be fighting for the big title. Yeah, and then that's the that's the problem with the void of not having a raw world title. You've got these guys trifling, like you said, with a, with a belt that's really beneath them at this point. Yeah, and, and and Bobby's making it look good. He's having great matches, but he's rudderless. <laughs> he's, stuck, he's stuck in the mud here. He's just how long could he be in this loop? He's over as fuck. He's one of the most over people on the show. Give him something to do. I, I feel like with Seth, we know how this is going to happen next week. Riddle's going to get that match by hook or by crook. It's going to happen. But Seth shouldn't be losing to Bobby Lashley right now. No, he should not. He should not. But yes, the, the receipt has already been printed. Like, that's going to happen. We, we know that that should be the interference that gets Bobby out and, you know, retains. But that shouldn't have so, to happen to Seth, though. Yes. Yeah, so I, I thought enjoyable Raw. Enjoyable SmackDown. Triple H, he, we're going into month two here and some change. He's looking good, man. I, I'm I'm wondering where where Extreme Rules, and then right after Extreme Rules, you've got Saudi Arabia, you've got um you got another Crown Jewel happening. So we'll see how that works out. But um we're at the end of the show. Plus, thank you for for tapping in with me, my brother. Thank you once again for the invite. Thank you, Mills, for allowing me to step in while you're out in the south of France with LMA. Um, wow. <laughs> just cl- closing this up, though, man. I, there's a lot of people. Of course, we know who they are—the naysayers who you know talk about H and you know bring up the Wednesday Night Wars. And of course, he addressed that with Arya Hawani. But I think this applies to the current product of the E right now that it's a marathon, not a sprint. Like people mm-hmm. want you know Team New York Fashion Week to come back yesterday, and it's like, come on, man, for what? Why, why yeah. he doesn't need to do that right now? Like, let yeah, thing and- play out. And, and that's the thing that I, that I forgot to mention earlier. I was like, yo, WWE was, was rightfully in the dirt in 2020 and 2021. Yeah. They were in the dirt. Those were some hard shows to watch. I will never go back to 2020 watching this fucking product, ever. Was it like I championship won't. contenders matches all the time and all that bullshit? Oh, it was just random shit. The Rey Mysterio, Seth Rollins fighting over his, uh, uh, Rey Mysterio's eye. They got taken out. Uh, just just random weird shit, cinematic matches. Every other Every other pay-per-view, every big pay-per-view. Um, again, no crowds, Sasha Bailey, basically on both shows working triple time or they were on all shows at one point, like they were doing everything at that point. And it was just hard to watch because we, not only were the, the, the levity and the, in the weight of what was going on outside the world, what was going on in the business at the time and what they were doing, they fired half of the, the whole, you know, the whole roster, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was just a hard show to watch. And I think these are just so much more enjoyable shows to watch than what we've seen in the past year. I can't think of the amount of times that I've been on the show saying I enjoy raw. You know what I mean? Like it didn't happen often. You know what I'm saying? So um, hopefully this continues on, especially with the, 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 the upcoming season premiere overall next month and, and also more stuff coming down with, with SmackDown. So um, we'll see, but thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, thanks again for a, for a plus for filling in. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe to our Patreon. Five dollars down, get you extra content every single month. Um, and Hey man, Keep keep doing what you're doing and be being safe. Plus, thank you so much. Anything you want to plug? Man, 
at a underscore plus on Instagram. Cheap plug for follows. That's all I got. Thank you. Wow. I appreciate it. <laughs> but thank you guys for listening. For A Plus, I am Justin. We'll be back next week with the A Show. Peace.